Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Why am I here? I don't have a, um, I don't have any new revelations or anything outside of last week's conversation where I felt like it was sad that we couldn't be cordial, but I don't have anything different. Like, why am I here? If you hadn't made any revelations, then there's no need for us to have a conversation. Let me break down something to you. I feel like you're wasting my time and you're pissing me off. of everyone's business but mine with me Kara Berry married at first sight edition oh lord this episode you know I'll give it like a b minus I think it was pretty good I feel like even though it wasn't maybe the most action-packed it was still full of bullshit and potential dysfunction within all of our relationships so I loved it y'all know I love mess so this was a pretty good episode for me all things considered Let's start off with Ryan and Clara. You guys, I feel like I should issue a semi-apology to Jacob because I thought he was the most boring man on the season, but it turns out it's Ryan. My goodness. He is very boring. (laughs) Like, at least Jacob, I don't want to give him any credit for all these quirks that he has, but at least Jacob has like interests and passions. They all suck, you know, but like he has them. Ryan really just doesn't have anything going on. He's very like, ugh, just like, do you know that he can use, he uses Instagram to post like a lot, like a lot of inspirational quotes, like a lot of them, like he's posting multiple ones a day in his Instagram stories. And that's just like an energy that I don't really want to be around. It's very like Khloe Kardashian post breakup. And that's just like something that I don't need in my space, you know, in my energy. Um, So they go to like a, you know, make something out of clay and burn it and we'll give it to you two weeks later kind of thing. And Clara tells Ryan that crafts are really a safe space for her. They're a place that makes her feel comfortable and she just really feels like she belongs. So I guess Clara has like a whole craft room. She's on some like candy spelling shit. And she asks Ryan, like, have you considered where the craft room will be when I move in after the, you know, the 90 day, 
how many days are we doing this? 60 days, right? <laughs> After the two months are over. So Ryan's like, yeah, you know, I actually have thought about that. And I just kind of figured that it would be in the garage. This apparently, they're trying to make drama out of this situation. And Clarence is in a confessional. You know, it's nice that he has thought about where I'm going to fit in his home. But like, I'm worried that maybe he's not committed because he wants to put my crafts in the garage. Okay. <laughs> okay, girl. I mean, I feel like they're just like, just make it work. Just try and drum up some drama anywhere you can. Then they start talking about Clara's work schedule and how different it is from Ryan's because she's a flight attendant and they seemed honestly less there seemed to be less drama surrounding their potentially incompatible work schedules than they actually did talking about the craft room so that was weird let's move on to Eric and Virginia because this episode is kind of split up maybe I should have talked about it this episode is sort of split up into like different parts so I'm gonna go as much as I can linearly with a actual run of the show so to Eric Virginia they were both out of town earlier and even though Virginia says or she has said in the past that she really enjoys her free space and her alone time and but now she's seems to have flipped the script a little bit. And she says, you know, I'm afraid that we're not going to have enough time for one another. So they go out to play golf. And by that, I mean, just like the driving range, something that, you know, a place where Virginia can sneak a little cheeky tall boy of Bud Light, if you know what I mean. It had that energy. And they're talking about how, you know, the first trips away went and, Uh, Virginia says, you know, overall it was fine, but the communication could have been a little bit better. And she says something that I found very interesting was that he only texted her. They only texted like here and there while Eric was gone working. And she says, you know, I'm kind of surprised because he was so adamant about us communicating and really talking to one another when I'm basically i mean she didn't say this but it's basically like oh he seems so worried about her being around straight men and being out in public when he's not there and communicating during those times but suddenly when he goes off to work it seems like oh he's perfectly fine just with a little bit of communication like remember when she went to savannah for a wedding and he texted her every couple of hours now, granted, I know he has to work, and a lot of that time involves him not being able to communicate, but mm, I don't know, girl. I mean, I think she had she had something there. She was like halfway there of, it seems like the rules are different when we're on Eric's terms, right? So moving on to Haley and Jacob, Melissa Rivers, they go over to Haley's house. There's a lot of we see in this episode a lot of people going to their actual homes and not doing activities at the neutral apartment that they have. And I wonder why that is. But we start off seeing Haley at her house with Melissa Rivers and her other friend. And Melissa's saying, you know, it was really important that we saw him at the housewarming party. And it's important for them to get to know Jake and figure out like what his deal is so it seems like melissa's feeling a lot better about jacob Haley on the fence she says that things are good but the night before they hung out he started asking about whether or not she was physically attracted to him so we see these like you know black and white cameras that they set up in the neutral apartment where he's literally they're sitting at the kitchen and He's asking, are you into me physically? And Haley's just kind of having to like hem and haw and pussy pop herself out of the situation (laughs) to have to really answer it. So she tells her girls, you know, let's be real. Like, let's break it all the way down from the beginning. When I saw him at our wedding, I was kind of middle of the road, not being swayed one way or the other about whether or not I'm attracted to him. But I figured if he was nice, then there was potential enough for me to really be attracted to him. But once we went to 
Vegas, it was very weird. That fight we got into really swung me into the other direction of officially, I'm not into you. So now Jacob really has a hole to dig himself out of. And it's a big one. And it's a muddy one. And I don't know. She said, it seems like she's very much more invested. And I'm wondering, it, it doesn't feel real to me. It feels a little bit hollow. I don't know if this is because I just can't figure Haley out. Is she boring? Is she not in tap with her emotions? Is what is it? Like something about Haley just doesn't. I just don't know how to really. You you know what I mean? <laughs> like I find myself having to talk about her and I'm just trailing off because I don't even have a complete thought about how I feel about her. I don't know. It, it's just very confusing. So Haley goes back to the apartment and she comes with a couple of gift bags in tow and she says, you know, <laughs> she surprises Jake with a bunch of clothes. This really cracked me up because she's like, basically, I'm buying him all these clothes to get him out of his hideous 80s inspired vintage retro bullshit and those cowboy boots. And I'm hoping that if I can get him into some new clothes, it will help build chemistry and attraction for me. <laughs> so two things that I loved about the scene were one, I'm imagining the production assistant that had to go to Banana Republic on like a $150 budget. But also they make Jacob do this fashion show. And it's like a scene out of like a 90s rom-com almost like Encino Man with Brendan Fraser where Jacob seems very confused about clothes like he keeps every time he comes out with a different outfit he's looking at a shirt as though he's never worn a shirt before and he's just very confused as to how it all works like go back and look he goes out in a t-shirt and he's generally like what short sleeves v-neck what is this <laughs> confused every single time they're the most basic boring clothes that you could put on a guy like everything was the most boring thing but was it better than the clothes that he picks 100% 100% Jacob is clearly feeling some type of way so even though I've been mostly on Jacob's side begrudgingly as you know famously not a fan of men in general, cis, cisgendered men specifically, <laughs> but I feel like he's really not helping the situation. He's being very immature. So they sit down after she gives him the clothes after the fashion show. And he's like, you know, not making eye contact with her doing these strange smiles. And granted, he starts a fight basically. He really starts to fight with her and he says, you know, thank you for the clothes, but you know, I don't really know what's going on because you said that you weren't physically attracted to me. So would you like to try and develop some sort of relationship past the friendship? Like, what are you thinking? Haley says in a confessional that she's frustrated because he just basically brought this whole shit up about being physically attracted and it just confusing for her she's basically like i i totally understood what she's saying jacob is really shooting himself in the foot because he's putting them in a situation where he keeps bringing up old shit and granted it's not really that old but there has to be a point where like if you're forgiving somebody you can't keep punishing them and you can't keep bringing up the same old stuff because like Haley says, it's like, I didn't have time really to rectify this situation. And now he keeps bringing it up before he's really given me the air and the space to make improvements. And I'm pissed off a little bit. 
So what happened the night before is that Haley told him at like 9, 9.30 at night that she was going to go hang out with Paige. And we see a little clip of them hanging out where Paige is recording them and they're talking about, oh, maybe this Married at First Sight was for us to meet up and for us to be friends because this is like a match made in heaven, us two. So Jacob starts talking about how, you know, I knew you were going out, but I didn't know you were going to be out the whole night. And I was hoping that you would come home and we would have this whole conversation and really break it all down and have a come to Jesus moment with one another. And Haley's like, I had no idea that that's what you were expecting. And then Jacob tells her basically that she's not ready to be in a relationship. Jacob handles rejection or what he perceives to be rejection very poorly. And like I said, I cannot blame him for that because I would not want to have to be in a situation where somebody is treating me the way Haley treats him. I don't think she's trying to be mean to him, but like, it's also, it's a really big pill and a bitter pill to swallow to have somebody basically say that they think you're lame as fuck and they don't really want to talk to you. Like that doesn't feel good. Right. I get that. But he's also not making the situation any easier for himself And he really needs to stop nitpicking everything she does. And at one point he had created this whole scenario in which she was doing him dirty. Like he's just way too in his head. He assumes that she's going to do a lot of things. And I feel like if you're a week, two weeks, approaching three weeks into a relationship, I think that's a really bold thing to be doing to somebody. (laughs) And it's a really big turnoff. A really like imagine somebody being like oh I thought you did this and you're three weeks into a relationship and it's like you don't even know me dude you don't even know me to be saying that Haley tells Jacob like you keep assuming the worst about me and it's starting to piss me off and Haley says you know I did sign up for this for a reason and I want to do this but I can't just automatically jump in and be in love with you Jacob says, I just feel like you're not really being vulnerable about this whole situation. And I think that that's something that you need to work on. All right. So let's talk about Paige's scene with Pastor Dwight. The only, how do I say this? This is the only, the last scene that I will find that I will be uh, supporting or defensive of Paige. Let's um, mark this moment of The time where that ends. Official time of me ending any support for Paige is uh, 4-17 on Thursday, March 11th, 2021. Okay, let's talk about it. So we see Paige meet up with Pastor Dwight, Chris's friend, right? The one who married them, the one who Chris talked to last week, who basically called him out for being a fuck boy. And yeah, Paige tells Dwight all the stuff that happened about how Chris had booked his flight to go to Chicago on the flight to from Vegas to Atlanta. And Dwight's like, oh, I had no idea the depths of the depravity of this man. So he gets all churchy and he starts talking about how there's a scripture about a quote unquote double minded man who's unstable in all his ways. And he basically says, I don't think Chris was prepared for this situation. Then he says, you know, I met Chris years ago and he was engaged then. And Paige is like, okay, so this is engagement number two so far. <laughs> Didn't know about the first one or whichever number it is. Like, how many how many trips to Jared do you think that Chris has made? Do you think he just gives the same ring to the same woman over and over? Because <laughs> it would not surprise me. I want to know if he has uh, just like an open account at Zales, um, if he's got a friend in the diamond business at the Shane company, um, you know, it's open midnights till eight Saturdays and Sundays until five. (laughs) 
<laughs> down in Atlanta. And I just wonder if he's just posted up there all the time since he loves to be not in love, but at least at the very least engaged. So Pastor Dwight says, you know, I always felt like Chris has a desire to be married. And it's like, yeah, that's evident. But I think that's where it stops. Um, he says, you know, I thought that this process, I thought the show might be good for Chris. And truthfully, I think that you, Paige, were a perfect fit for him. But it just feels like Chris cut bait too quickly. And so Paige says, you know, <laughs> this was the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Paige says, you know, it's like a fool me once, fool me twice situation. And I feel like we're trickling into the fool me twice Girl, <laughs> this is not a trickling in. You are fully submerged in water. You are Jack and the Titanic in, in the Lake of Fools. You are in the middle of it. You are in the Bermuda Triangle of foolery and clownery. You are, it's amazing that you still have any oxygen left. F- trickling in, bitch. If this is a trickle, what is a flood to you, Paige? My God. Then Paige says that she's a little bit confused about the pregnancy of it all. She says that initially, or I guess a while back, Chris had told her that the date that she's meeting up with Dwight was the same date, or maybe the next day, she that they were supposed to have a sonogram for the baby. But then... Earlier that day, he had told her that the sonogram is actually not for another month. So she is wondering if homegirl's even pregnant at all. And Dwight's like, I don't know. Paige says she's not seen a sonogram, not any sort of medical evidence. I don't know if we need to be employing Megan King Edmonds in here to find out if she can get some of um, Mercedes' personal medical information. If there's something that she can print out, you know, I don't know. If she's as connected in the Atlanta hospital system as she seems to be as the one in Orange County. But I mean, I think seems like Megan needs a job. Maybe we can get her on the case. At any rate, um, Pastor Dwight says, hey, so what what is your real deal here? Are you officially done? What if Chris says Let's give this a shot. What are you going to say? And that's the last scene that we see of Paige having any sort of thing that resembles common sense or um, a love for herself or um, um, a lack of delusion. So bye guys. Let's move on to the next phase of the episode. So we have the couple's answering a couple questions you know they pull out the cards and they have to answer these questions that the experts provide it to them right so we start off with eric and virginia and the questions are all about love what is it what does love mean to you what does it mean to be in love what will it take you for you to be in love what does that all look like so eric says you know love to him is a bond that never breaks you know much like much like make new friends and keep the old one is silver and the other's gold um then he virginia asks eric have you been in love since your last since your first marriage and he says no it's been three years since he's been divorced and he says i've kind of and he made a mistake by saying this like i've kind of compared the women that i've dated since to my marriage I'm a little bit confused by why, because he really downplayed this whole situation with Virginia and her family, really saying, I only married this chick because of, you know, I was in the military and this was the only way she could live on base. We didn't have a ring. We didn't like, clearly he was in a relationship with this girl, but the way he talked about it just seems like he was just a thing that was done out of necessity that he wasn't really like that committed to her to marry her but he did it because he had to but now he's saying that he's comparing everybody to his ex and mm, i'm just a little bit confusion about all of that and it seems like virginia is as well 
Virginia says that she's worried about that. And she took it in a way that I think he didn't necessarily mean, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. Virginia then starts talking about, you know, I think we come from two different places with our history and how we grew up with love and relationships and the things that we learned because Eric's parents have been married for almost 40 years whereas Virginia comes from a long line of divorce and remarriage and it's just really it's shaped her thinking about marriage and commitment in a different way than Eric's has obviously and she says you know like I've never had an example of what a marriage a working marriage would look like and my experience is really just with people breaking up and hating each other by the end of their relationship. Virginia says she has, like, because of her past, she has kind of an issue with rejection. And she felt like part of the reason that motivated her to be on Married at First Sight is that it sort of eliminated the rejection aspect of a relationship. Eric, like he said before, says that he really feels like Virginia doesn't view their relationship as a true marriage and I don't think that's the issue it's like they're both kind of 80% correct but they're not quite getting there like I think yeah obviously she's approaching this relationship very differently than you would it doesn't mean that she's less committed it just means that maybe what looks like commitment to you is different than how she expresses that right like I don't think it's really that big of a deal and I think he really infantilizes her which in a way she sort of I don't want to say she deserves it but I understand it because she's really like party 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 girl and that is immature like the fact that you're putting your foot on the ground putting your foot down about wanting to get blackout drunk three days a week every week is immature but I think she's committed. And I think what she's really saying is a lot of times what people interpret as like an issue is really somebody's insecurities manifesting in a way that seems like less committed because they're really just trying to protect themselves. I'm really good at this. (laughs) Let's move on to Brianna and Vincent. We didn't really get a whole lot of them in the beginning of the episode. They were really more featured in the end so um Brianna and Vincent talk about love and what it all means to them and Brianna says that she tends to look for the flaws in people and when she knows she's in love is when she stops doing that and Vincent asks are your guards down now and she says yeah like I feel like I can talk to you about everything and Vincent says you know being so vulnerable helps with you and I feel like we're on our path to being in love and Brianna says I love you now and I'm growing in love with you and Vincent says you know I feel like I'm falling in love too and we're growing in love and they both do a little shimmy and a shake (laughs) to confirm that they're very happy about this situation so we got our first couple in the Atlanta series franchise uh first couple who says I love you to each other no surprise that it was Vincent and Brianna. Here we are. Moving on to Ryan and Clara. Wouldn't you know, Ryan has a very hard time answering any sort of questions about love, what it looks like. Has he ever felt it? He's vastly uncomfortable. He keeps talking about in confessionals about how it's the most important thing. It is so important that he is like very judicious with who he says he loves and it's almost giving me like virginity pact. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's giving like, it, I don't want to say that love is like virginity and that you should just get over it and do it. But I kind of am <laughs> like, once you place something so high on a pedestal, it's, you're really just doomed for disappointment. And I feel like he's making this seem like it is, And it is very important and the most important thing, but it's also, he's putting too much pressure on love and who he says he loves. And the first time he says, I love you. And it's just like, 
It doesn't have to be all that, dude. And if you tell somebody you love them and it doesn't work out, okay, that's fine. (laughs) You know, we don't have to have this big love story where, you know, the wife, my wife is the only person I've ever said I loved and it was that important to me. And, you know, you don't, it, nobody, it's, you're fine. Okay. Cause Clara said she's been in love in a million times and look at her. She's still alive. Still alive with, you know, those very large, um, she really needs to get her hair touched up, but you know what? I'm not, I'm going to let her go on that one. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Clara says that she thinks that the fact that Ryan is so clamming up about all this love stuff is adorable. Um, I don't find it adorable, but okay. Then Clara talks, talking, starts talking about her love language and it's like acts of service and gift giving. And she's like, you know, I like to get flowers I like to you to show up at my work and surprise me or I like for you to cook a meal for me but I want you to want to do those things I don't want to have to tell you to do those things right and Ryan says you know I just really need time to build trust in people and Clara says in a confessional rightfully that I feel like our relationship is for the most part on Ryan's terms and it's going to have to be a waiting game I agree I think Clara, aside from the fact that she keeps talking about how perfect we're each other, and again, where's the footage? Let's find the material on that, sis. Every concern she has about Ryan is correct. This is absolutely, she's living on his terms, and that's going to be a breaking point. He's going to lose her, and I hope it could either go two ways. Either he loses her because she's sick of his shit or somehow she manages to love him (laughs) despite the fact that he has a personality of a slightly moldy sponge and he's going to end up breaking her heart because he won't nut up and act like an adult and, you know, be so withholding with her. And I'm hoping that it's her just being sick of his shit. I think that would be the better option for Clara. Uh, So let's go to Haley and Jacob. Clearly, they don't need to be having any sort of conversations about love because uh, they don't really even like each other. (laughs) basically Jacob says he doesn't really want to even answer the questions that are on the cards and in a conventional he says it's awkward to have to talk to her about love because we're not even really getting along (laughs) mostly because of you Jacob (laughs) anyway Jacob says you know that in the past he basically reveals himself and tells on himself and says that he's not really a great boyfriend 
not really a great romantic partner. He says, you know, I'm not really somebody who will do things. I'm not a man of action. I'm not, I don't think I've ever bought flowers for a woman. And, you know, all us women could say it's not really about the flowers. It's about you knowing that you thought about me and you thought to do something and you wanted to show me that you care about me. And even though flowers are extremely basic, they're also not. They're also an incredibly um, nice gift to give somebody. And so the fact that Jacob is basically revealing that he doesn't really tend or enjoy or think to put more effort into maintaining a relationship is probably why you're on the show now. You seem to be investing a lot of time in making Haley feel bad about um, not being attracted to you. And not so much time and actually showing that she should be somebody that she that you that she should be attracted to. So then Haley starts talking about her last relationship and how they were off and on for five years and she kind of feels like she put more work into it than her ex did. Oh, and then she says, you know, it's possible that I wasn't even like I thought I was in love with him, but it's possible that I wasn't because I was so young at the time. <laughs> Jacob. Jacob's awful, but the shit he says is funny to me. He says, you know what? I kind of feel like you were in love because it seems to have really damaged you. <laughs> oh, he's awful, but he's so funny at the same time. Oh my gosh. So it appears like, I feel like we see a lot of we see a lot of them hashing it out, but then we see like a lot of like, oh, we had a conversation in X. Like, oh, we saw this whole blow up between Haley and Jacob in which he accused her of um, having another boyfriend. But then we didn't see the conversation where he apologized. And so we see this conversation where oh, they're talking about love and their exes and their past. But then we see a whole other scene where you know, they're kind of still in the space of Jacob wanting to punish Haley. But then we see the next scene where apparently they've had this whole conversation about um, Haley telling Jacob that let's just start fresh. Let's just be light and bright. Let's just try and work on our friendship and see what develops from there. And so we see them at Jacob's house. And they're going to have a pool party for the other couples. Shockingly, Virginia and Eric actually show up first. <laughs> I wonder if production gave them a call time of like two hours earlier than they should have. So they're sitting down in the backyard and, you know, they're just making small talk. And Haley says, seeing how I can see how close Virginia and Eric are. And it's a little bit difficult for me and for Jacob to see how far they've progressed in their relationship. <clears throat> so Virginia and Haley go into the house to talk and Virginia's like, I need to see your tour of this place because I've heard a lot of things. <laughs> so Haley's like, honestly, I haven't even been in all the places in the house. So they kind of go and explore and they uh, go into the home gym and they have a little conversation. And uh, Virginia says that she's feeling some type of way because while Eric was working, she had organized the entire house, the closets, the kitchen, everything. And that he, when he got home, he basically didn't notice or seemed to acknowledge the fact that she had done that. And she said, it's weird because the week before when I was gone, he had cooked me dinner and done this, that, and the third. And he said that he felt like he wasn't getting credit for the things that he was doing. So she's like, you know, a week later, I'm finding myself in the same position where I feel like he didn't appreciate me. But they're fine, right? They're okay. So Haley tells Virginia, you know, I'm not fully attracted to Jacob right now. And she feels like everything is always so serious that they don't really have the time to get to know each other. 
totally understandable. So then outside, Jacob tells Eric that he's trying to go at Haley's place pace now. Brianna shows up. Vincent had a prior engagement, so he wasn't there. And then we see Paige shows up and Ryan and Clara show up. <laughs> Jacob's dogs are at the house and they come out to hang out. <laughs> Paige is genuinely afraid of the corgis. <laughs> he has two corgis and she says, I can't even look at them because I've never seen a dog that looks like that before. <laughs> How has she never seen a corgi? <laughs> You need to keep that same energy with that man that you married, girl. Don't don't make any eye, direct eye contact because that's really where you get in trouble. Paige tells everyone that the relationship at this point with Chris is basically done, but they have she has a really good relationship with the rest of the wives, which is why she is hanging out, right? So the guys go inside to get a tour of the house, sauna home gym the 80s uh wood paneled room all the hits right the girls are still talking outside and clara asks Paige, you know how are you doing and Paige says you know i'm i'm good i'm in good spirits and they're like i can't are you being sarcastic because that can't possibly be true <laughs> she says that she actually is in good spirits and so Paige then starts telling the women about how she met up with Chris and Mercedes, the baby mama, and how she had told them that she was done. She wanted to be taken out of the situation and how it no longer serves her. And then she says the two words that none of us deserved or want to hear. Plot twist. I had to pause at this point and take some time for myself, some cooling breaths, some meditation, lighting some Palo Santo, like the whole thing. It, ugh, ugh, I knew it was about to be some bullshit. <laughs> so then she tells him, Chris reached out to me and he wants to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Cut to Brianna in a confessional. He says, he, Chris can't keep doing this and it's getting hard to watch. Clara Tells Paige, you know, I feel like I'm getting whiplash and that he's already done this four or five times already. Listen to Clara. Well, somebody listen to Clara. <laughs> Virginia says, okay, I think I want to speak for all of us women and I want to ask how it is that you're doing. And Paige, let me be of this use, give you this scenario, right? Let's take the baby out of the situation. Let's take you know the all the drama let's just talk about chris do you see this relationship redeveloping purely based on who chris is as a man Paige's response is that she is going to see <laughs> she is going to be led excuse me by whatever the good Lord tells her to do this morning. That morning. The morning that she talks to Chris. <sighs> We've already seen where this Lord has led you. And that's to you in the background, in the backyard with some corgis that you're afraid of. Telling these girls that you're fine when they're all looking at you stupid. Like you're a dummy, girl. Because you are. <laughs> Clara says in a confessional, it's just hard to see a friend keep trying in a situation that she doesn't think that anybody on the planet would keep trying in. So let's get to part two of the other couples before we have to go to this bullshit with Chris, Patty, and Paige. <sighs> okay, okay. So starting with Ryan and Clara... They go out to Jittery Joe's for a tour de mini donuts. <laughs> Ryan actually does something pleasant, which is say, you know, I recognize that what Clara's uh, love languages are. And so I wanted, you know, to let her know. I knew she liked donuts. I know she likes gifts. So here we are at a table with about 17 different mini donuts and shout out to Clara for tasting every 
single one that they had on the table. <laughs> Everyone, girl. Uh, she's a really queen to me. So then Ryan starts asking her, like, can I ask you, like, do you have any motivations? Like, what motivates you? And she's like, mm, not really. <laughs> what do you mean? Where are we going with this? Ryan? <laughs> Ryan starts talking about how much... This was a weird conversation. He starts talking about how much of his life has been predetermined by the people that came before him and how it gives him purpose and drive. And I'm like, girl, what are you talking about? <laughs> Clara didn't know either. She's like, he, he goes into this whole spiel. She's like, let me just get these donuts in my face, girl. And then when he's done, she's like, I feel like you kind of roped me into a motivational speech, like kind of like a timeshare conversation of here's some free donuts. Listen to me talk. <laughs> and that's literally the end that we see of them. It was so funny. She really called him out for being fucking boring and he deserved. Let's move on to Eric and Virginia. So Eric is still very worried about what he perceives to be illicit or confusing motivations for Virginia to get married. So he decides to make her dinner. And did you guys notice that it was 11 o'clock at night? <laughs> he made dinner at his apartment or his condo too, which again, like, why? Why are we at your place? Because Virginia says that she came home Eric texted her and told him to told her to go to his house. Why is that? I, I'm wondering if something happened with like production or maybe they're just fe opening up uh, the original homes of the cast members because they can't really go out much. I I'm just very confused about that. Like, why can't they eat dinner at his place? I think maybe he said that he wanted to have her see what it would be like for them in the future. But it's just dinner, bro. It's fine. <laughs> Anyway, um, so she comes over and he delights her with a bouquet of what looked like six to eight roses. Eric asks her how she's feeling and she says, you know, I'm feeling really good, but I'm almost kind of nervous to say that. And so Eric asks why and Virginia's like, you know, the conversation that we had has been sticking with me and the conversation about you not falling in love since you've been married and how I interpreted what you said was that nobody's been able to compete with your ex-wife and that makes me nervous, you know? So la the lavender eyeshadow is back. The lavender eyeshadow is back, you guys. <sighs> Mess. It seems to have stayed on her eyelids this time. So, you know, thank God for growth. Virginia says, you know, I feel like I have a lot to live to live up to when it comes to your ex. And I'm stressed out that even if you do love me, you're not going to love me as much as you did your ex. So Eric says, you know, it, it really wasn't like that. It wasn't like I was comparing those girls to my ex. It was just like there wasn't a spark until I met you. Virginia says, well, do you maybe only feel that spark because we got married and you're trying to make the best of the situation, basically? And Eric tells her, basically, don't worry about it, because I feel like our relationship has come really naturally. I don't feel like I've had to force anything. So be secure. He's in a confessional that... Virginia is more than he could have ever asked for and that she's a light and it's her light is really attractive to him. So they sit down in the living room. Eric turns on some weird uh, mood lighting purple just for his girl, you know, and he breaks out the acoustic guitar, <laughs> which is a nightmare situation for me. I have, I don't know why this is but well I do know why I have such an issue with secondhand embarrassment that the idea of a guy <laughs> like putting me in a situation in which I'm not really sure about his musical level 
his musicianship, if you will, and he turns on some mood lighting and breaks out a guitar, I'd be like, I gotta go. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> and I and I want to get out of this situation. You guys, should I tell you a story? One time... <laughs> I, I really don't want to, I really don't want to tell this story, but now I did. It, it's just, it's a hotel. It's a hotel. Basically, long story short, I went on a, with, on a date with a guy and he we went back to his place and he played me piano. And honestly, I was just so grateful that he was actually a good singer and a good piano player that I slept with him. I should not have said that because my mom does listen to this podcast. I'm regretting this, but you know what? I'm a woman. I'm a woman. Okay. Anyway, um, any members of my family, I don't, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I'm living my truth. Okay. Um, getting hot. Just thinking. <laughs> I'm going to have to tell them not to listen to this episode. So, uh, where are we going with this? Um, I'm a slut. What's next on the list? Okay. So Eric plays the guitar. He tells her that he's been writing a song. And then we're um, forced to listen to about 30 seconds of what is like the most basic chord progression that I've ever heard. It's literally like the three notes that everybody who just begins to play guitar can play and they act like they're writing a song when we've heard that chord progression before a billion times. This is nothing new, but you know what, Eric, if you love it, then great virginia asks like have you done this with all your other ladies and he's like no i've actually never played guitar for somebody before and she asks why and he says because i love you (laughs) so then they start making out and she says i love you too and then we see like it looks like almost like an extra scene from um what is that movie it doesn't matter. It just seems like an extra scene from like almost like a like a freaks and geeks where they're just like in this like space age stoner lighting and kissing in the dark. It just felt like very teenager. So Eric, if you want to be so concerned that maybe Virginia is not mature enough for this relationship, like maybe you should look at your own material. Okay, because this is real um, 18 year old in the basement trying to impress his girlfriend. You know, anyway. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com um, Let's go to Brianna and Vincent. So Vincent Brianna comes home and Vincent shows her the board. It's like a chalkboard that his mom or her mom got for the wedding. It says her name on the top. And I think it said their wedding date, you know, the cheesy wedding paraphernalia. Right. So he shows her, he puts, he put it up on top of the refrigerator and he shows her that, you know, I've got these four words that are, you know, English to Spanish translations. So every day I'm going to put these words on, ignore my chicken scratch, but every day I'm going to put up some words and you can start learning Spanish that way because it's very important to me. And the last word was bicycle, bicicleta. So then he says, I've got a surprise for you. Let me come back. He comes out, comes back to the apartment with a bicycle. Very sweet. So we learn that during the reception, she, you know, was asking him like what he likes to do. And he says, you know, he kind of likes to do adventurous stuff and ride bikes. And, um, she had mentioned in passing that she really wanted to get a bike. So he production 
bought her one. And he, it was just like, these are the moments of, of being with a straight man that are actually really adorable because he really tried to like kit it out. It was like a orange, um, glittery bike. I just love how men interpret what they think of that, what they think that women like, because it's ultimately, and usually like a little girl, <laughs> he put these lights in the spokes of the wheel that were like hot pink on this orange bike and it did not go. And, but it was very cute, like super adorable that you remembered or somebody in production remembered because clearly they pulled out the budget. Like if, you know, Jacob got a new wardrobe, like a scene out of She's All That, then, you know, Brianna got a bike. Good for her. She's touched. I'm touched. We're all touched. Cookie, her dog, is touched because he says I even ordered a little basket for Cookie to ride in. And he's, like, all in. He wants to do the family thing. He, you know, him and Bri and Cookie are going to be out on the trails riding bikes together like a happy family. Very cute. So then we see Brianna surprise Vincent with a salsa dancing lesson. I hate, I, this is one of my least favorite things about, um, reality TV. Like I don't like the dance lesson portion of reality TV. It's so tired to me. So overdone. I would like a moratorium on it, but fine. Because this bred another very strange situation with Brianna and Vincent. So they start dancing. Brianna says she used to be a dancer. She wants to try and get closer to um, Vincent's culture. So this is like a perfect thing. Vincent's Dominican and he says it's also, you know, of the popular Latin American dances are salsa is the one that he knows the least he's really more of a bachata guy so he's getting hot under the lights he keeps using the wrong feet and you could tell that he's getting flustered so when they're done brianna's like oh like did you have fun and he's shut down completely shut down He's not trying to talk to her. He's not even making eye contact with her. She's trying to make small talk, but he's like giving her nothing. And she says in a confessional, like, I can tell that he feels some type of way, but he's kind of not acting like he feels that way. So I don't really know what to do with him <laughs> because he's now completely shut down purely because he is embarrassed that he didn't do something well. Like, he really needs to get his insecurities in check because you are you can't be invincible, my guy. Like, it seems like these situations where he feels like somebody is trying to... Like, it almost seems like he's almost taking it out on Brianna again like he did with the champagne situation. Something about... Something in his past has gone on to where he doesn't, he wants to seem completely indestructible, completely infallible. Like he can do nothing wrong and everything he does is executed perfectly. And even Brianna says like, this is our first lesson. Of course we were going to mess up. Why is he, I don't understand why he's getting so deep about it. She asks if he's okay. And he's like, no. <laughs> okay. That was the last we see of them for the episode. So let's end with hell, like we always do with Patty and Paige. So apparently, Paige's God has decided to allow her to meet up with Chris. And she says she's really intrigued to hear what he has to say, considering the last time she saw them, they were done. Like, done, done. Were, they, were you? Because you let him whisper his hot breath into your ear about how he was afraid of falling in love. So mm, it doesn't seem like any part, there's never been a real doneness. I, I guess it kind of seems like they have not seen or really communicated a lot with each other within the past week. <sighs> okay. Chris shows up in yet another American Eagle ombre shirt and skinny jeans with rips in them. 
he sits down and he's like, again, much like the situation with the baby mama, he makes all these plans of like, I want to have a conversation with you. And then it's so annoying. He really doesn't come with anything to say. So he's like kind of being flirtatious with her and he's like, what are you drinking? And she smiles at him. And he's like, oh, I see you're smiling today. Like, ew, go away from me with this. Then he tries to get all slick and reveal like, oh, I heard you um, had a conversation with some people. And he's acting like he caught her in something like, gotcha. No. Who cares? Who cares? You don't have anything to say in the in the realm of like having um, things being done behind the scenes without people's knowledge. Man with a seven week old um, embryo baking in the in a uterus, sir. Um, so she says, you know, Dwight did reach out to me after he found out about our breakup. And you can tell that Chris is upset. So he says in a confessional, like, oh, I'm not mad at Paige about it. But, you know, Pastor Dwight should have come to me as a man to tell him that he was going to meet up with Paige. (laughs) Okay. Then he says, you know, he was sitting on my side at the wedding and he was a part of my wedding party. And because of that, I don't have anything to say to him ever again. Because of what? Because he held you accountable, because he he expects complete loyalty and devotion from everybody through the fact that he is a fucking clown. He is Bozo the Chris. And I don't get it. I do get it. Like, I see right through him, nothing that he does, nothing that Patty Melt does is new he's not reinventing the wheel with any of his bullshit and his lies it is just a man who's just clinging and just it it's just sick he's completely transparent he's not doing anything interesting at all in his lies like if you're gonna be a villain and if you're gonna be a liar do it in a way that is entertaining to me this is not entertaining This is weird. It's really weird. And it's. (sighs) He needs a therapy. And I need therapy. So back to where they're sitting there. They're literally just staring at each other. And Paige is finally like. Okay so. This is really awkward. Why am I here? Why am I here Chris? Chris says well. No I, I don't really have any new revelations. Like. I invited you here, but I really don't have anything to say. Okay. <laughs> so Paige says, okay, let me break something down for you, Chris. I feel like you're wasting my time. You're pissing me off. She gets up with probably another Dooney and Burke purse and walks away. She never gets far. She never gets far. She is goes over to the table where there are two production ladies and she says basically like i'm not doing this why why am i here and so one of the production producers is like you need to tell him that you're done and that's why you're here so she goes back over sits down and she says you know i don't like my time being wasted and i don't like wasting other people's time and i feel like you're doing a runaround on me so now i'm a little bit confused about why i even showed up when you're just telling me the same thing that you said last week he starts smiling And that's where I just would like to dump a drink on his head, um, dig a heel into one of his ankles. Like, what what do you have to smile about, scumbag? Oh, my God. So Paige is like, no, I'm dead ass. Like, you got me out here looking crazy. And now you're smiling at me. So Chris says, and he has a guard up and that he's afraid. And that's why he's so defensive. Paige is like, why? What are you afraid of? (laughs) And Chris says, I'm afraid somebody else is going to raise my kid. I just want to like bang my head 
into a wall because I feel like I would feel better than having to go through this. You brought her here to say you're being defensive to Paige because you're afraid that some other man is going to raise your child, the child that you don't have with Paige. So really, this is a conversation that you don't need to be having with Paige. Why are any of us here? I wish that they had just like, I wish the cameraman had thrown his camera over the railing and was just like, I'm not doing this. Why are you're here to tell her that you're afraid that some other dude is going to raise your kid? What the fuck does she care? (laughs) What does this have to do with her? So then he goes on about like, you know, I didn't come on this show to break anybody's heart. And, you know, I just feel like I'm doing the right thing by leaving you. But I also feel like I'm doing the wrong thing ultimately by trying to do the right thing by my child, I guess. And how he's afraid of going through the process and falling in love. Again, what does this have? These are conversations that you need to keep. Talk to a wall. Look in the mirror and talk to yourself. Um, hit record on your phone and go into selfie mode and just talk it out. I don't, do you want to like create a, a, a Finsta in which you share these thoughts and on a private account so nobody else can see them? Um, I talk to a teddy bear. Um, you could talk to um, really anything. Why you're talking to Paige is confusing. What He's like trying to work out the situation that he put her in, in front of her. And that's no longer her problem. But apparently it is her problem because uh, Paige says that she appreciates his honesty. <laughs> okay. And she takes all of that into consideration. For what? For what, Paige? Consideration for what? This idiot. This idiot. So Chris says, you know, I feel like if circumstances weren't what they were, then I would be all in on this relationship. And we all knew that at the end of the sentence, that was what would get Paige back into his grip of those hard talons of his. Ugh. Ugh. So, Chris asks Paige, what do you want? And she says, I wanted you to give us a chance. And Chris says, well, how about we do a reset? And this dummy agrees to it. Paige asks him if they can start over. And he says yes. And so she reaches her hand to shake it and say, Hi, I'm Paige. Nice to meet you. Hi, I'm Chris. Nice to meet you. Ain't that about a bitch. (laughs) What the hell am I looking at? Looking? What on earth? What on earth? I got another headache, you guys. So let me go. Thank you guys so much for listening. If any of you guys are on Paige's side, do I want to hear why? Yeah, I do. I might block you after. (laughs) But I want to hear why anybody on this planet might be in defense of Paige at this point. Thank you guys. Thank me for speaking. Oh, Lord. Here we go again. (laughs) 